paid the full price for our sins on the cross, ascended to heaven so that he could send the comforter, the empowerer, scripture says, the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, the part of God that is still here with us. We know from the Bible that Jesus ascended and is seated at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the part of God that's here, that's active, that's with us today and every day. So Jesus told the disciples he was going to send this power. They were excited. Jesus was alive. He'd come back from the dead. Things were going to happen. And Jesus said, no, I'm going. You're going to do these things. But just wait until the power of God has come. And they waited in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit fell on them. Signs and wonders were going on. And as a result, 3,000 people had their lives turned around. They met with God. They were born again because the Holy Spirit had been released. And that same Holy Spirit, he is still here today, longing for people who will give their lives and allow him to come and stay and change them. What does it look like? It looks a little bit like this passage we've just read. Jesus doing miracles and healings and raising people from the dead. And then he said, we should do the same things and even greater things than he did. I tell you what, I'd like to just do what he did here. That would be a good start point for me. Anyway, yesterday I had the pleasure of helping Andy and Sue to repaint the lines of the church car park. I am not a decorator, I'm not a painter. If you stand on the other side of the road, my bits don't look too bad. As long as you don't get too close, we're okay. But if I was a decorator, I would want to be able to say, don't take my word for it, come and have a look. If I was a carpenter and you're looking for a carpenter, you don't want him to say, yeah, I'm very good. I know what to do. You'd say, show me you can do it. The mechanic who knows how to fix your car isn't as good as the mechanic who actually fixes it. And most tradespeople, we want a reference. We want a show me you can do it. And here in this passage, John the Baptist, probably in prison, hears about Jesus and he says, ask him, is he the one? He's his cousin. He says, is he the one? Is he the one that's going to change the world? Is he the Messiah? Is he the one that we were promised a long time ago? Is he the one? And so Jesus says, let's sit down and have a theological discussion. Because that would be a good thing to do. And they sat there and they contemplated as they stroked their beards. Of course not. Jesus says, come and see. Come and watch. And they thought, what are we going to see? And they saw diseases healed. Sickness cured. Sight given to the blind. They saw the lame walking. They saw lepers whose skin was like that of babies. They saw the deaf cured. They saw the, the dead raised. And they saw good news preached to the poor. And we read that passage and we go, well, that's jolly good. It would have been absolute chaos. 
I cannot imagine if I was grieving at the loss of a loved one and Jesus raised them from the dead. I can't imagine I'd go, that's jolly nice. Or if I haven't been able to walk for 30 years and Jesus touches me and I jump up and my legs are healed and I'm running around, I don't think my family would go, jolly good show. People would be crying, laughing, shouting. They'd say, look, there's so-and-so, he's healed. There's so-and-so, we thought he was dead. And there would be noise and shouting and laughing and crying. And Jesus says to these guys, come and see what's going on. And they would just look in amazement at the phenomenal things that Jesus was doing. We'd say, we don't want that in church. Let's keep things in order. But this was God's order. I do worry when we get to heaven that uh, the people who like things done quietly and in order are going to struggle when there's millions of people singing and trumpets are blowing or on the second coming when Jesus returns and the trumpet's blowing and the angels are shouting and the Christians are shouting and singing except for the English who'll sit in the corner and say, jolly good show, thank you for coming. This was chaos. But this was God breaking through into our world. And this is when God got real. When he stopped being sky in the uh, pie in the sky for when I die, he began steak on the plate while here I wait. This is the picture of church. This is the picture of the church that Jesus intended to plant on earth. And he said to his disciples, to John's disciples, I'm sorry, go back and tell him what you've seen. Go back. And say it will never be the same again. And he says don't be afraid. Be blessed. Because I'm here. And the good news is being preached. To the poor. To the rejects. To the people that nobody wanted. The good news is being preached. And lives are being changed. And he says reassure him. That if he sticks with me. It will be okay. And even later, as we'll look at in the next few weeks, Jesus even said that he called John the greatest of the prophets. So what a great passage. That's lovely. It's marvellous. What does it mean? Well, the first question you have to ask ourselves is, do we recognise Jesus is the one? It's a very relevant picture at the moment. Many people are at home, they're struggling, they, they can't see their family, they can't see their friends, and they're saying... Who's Jesus? Is he the one? Is he the Messiah? We look at a world that's ruined by man and his actions. We look at the destruction of our world, the pollution of our world. We look at the horrors that are going on around our world where children can't get clean water, where family are turned against family and people are killing and destruction and persecution. And we look at a world that's been brought to its knees by one virus. And many people are saying, is Jesus the answer? Is he the one? And more and more people need to start to look at themselves and say, for me, is Jesus the one? Is he the one that can help when I'm depressed? Is he the one that can turn my life around where I've made such a mess? Is Jesus the one who could actually make it all make sense. Is Jesus the one? 
Because if we ask that question, we have to do the second question, which is, what are we going to do about it? Because if Jesus is the Son of God, and if Jesus is the Messiah, the one who's come to save the world, then we have to make a decision, either to get involved or walk away. Because that's the Gospel. Jesus says, follow me, and I will change you. Follow me, and I will make things happen. Follow me, and I'll make your life into order. And that puts a decision back onto us, to say, if he's the one, what am I going to do? Am I going to follow Jesus? Or walk away? Are you the one? When I was young, I lived in a little tiny village in Norfolk, and uh, we weren't very exposed to the wider world, and for some reason I got into my head that I didn't like foreign food. So if, on the rare occasion, we would get a, a Chinese or an Indian, I'd have fish and chips. I didn't want foreign food. I didn't like foreign food. And so I denied myself the pleasures of different tastes because I didn't want to recognise and embrace it. And then one day, I met a girl from Switzerland, and I went over to Switzerland to learn French, and all they had was foreign food. I had to eat it. And I suddenly had my world opened. My world became bigger. I began to enjoy food that I'd never even tasted. Because I had the courage, perhaps, to say, I'm going to try this. And spiritually and emotionally, Jesus looks down on us and says, have you got the courage to recognise I am the one? I am the God that can heal thee. I am the God that can change you. I am the God that can make the difference. Have you the courage to recognise Jesus is the one? And you say, well, how do we know? How do we know? How, how can we tell? And Jesus in this passage gives you the answer. He says, come and see. I don't want someone to work on my house without I know they know what they're doing. If I want a bricklayer, he'll say, come and see, look at the brickwork, look at what I've done. And I'll say, I like your work, would you work on my house? And Jesus says, come and see, don't stand at the distance, don't hide away, come and see what I'm doing. Come and see what I can do for you. John didn't stand at a distance with his disciples, he didn't say, hide in the background and watch. He said, go ask him. And Jesus said, come and see. Come and see the blind regain sight. Come and see the lame jumping. Come and see the dead walking out of their graves. Come and see and know I am God. Thomas said, I can't believe it unless I see it. And Jesus said, okay, touch me. Feel it. And it's not about going to church. It's not about doing the right things. It's about having the courage to go to where Jesus is and say, I want you in my life because I want to see the things you do. Because when Jesus says, come and see, he doesn't want to show off. He doesn't want to say, look how good I am. He wants to say, you can do this. You can change people's lives. You can heal the sick. You can raise the dead. You can bring good news to the poor if you have Jesus' power in you. 
So he says, come and see, come and taste, and then take what you've got and begin to bring it to people outside, to the lonely, to the broken, to the hurt, to the wounded. The people have no hope. Jesus said, you can be their hope, because my spirit will work through you and touch their lives. So the second part is, come and see. You see, I can go to a restaurant. When I was young in Norfolk, we'd very, very rarely go to a posh restaurant, maybe a Chinese restaurant or something, and everybody would order Chinese food, but I'd still eat my fish and chips, or whatever, that was English. So we all went out to the restaurant, and I could say, yeah, I was there. I was in the restaurant. But I never tasted the food. And many people, they go into the church, and they say, I'm part of the church, I'm in the church. And she said, yeah, but you haven't tasted what I have for you. You haven't invited me to change your life. You haven't let me turn your life around and give you the power to change other people's lives. Because that's why we're here. If all we're to do is to live out our days, we could go home to glory. We can go to heaven now and be with God. He left us here so we could bring the power of God into other people's lives. We can become a flavor. We can change the world. But first, we have to make sure we carry his power. You see, I can't raise the dead. I can't raise a laugh. I can't heal people. In fact, if I visit people, it probably makes them feel worse. I can't prophesy. If I could prophesy in my own strength, if I knew the future in my own strength, maybe I could do the lottery. But I can't. I can't speak in tongues. I struggle to speak English and I can do a bit of French. You see, I can't do any of those things. Only God can do those things through me. But if I allow the Holy Spirit to come on me, and if I give him free reign in my life, he will give me a power to change someone's life. So when I meet somebody in trouble, I can give them the answer that God has for them. When I see someone who's sick, I can give the answer that God has. I have a friend who uh, was a, a, a minister in Wales, and... His dad was in hospital and he would go and visit his father. And one day he was visiting his father in hospital and there was a guy in the side ward and he said to the nurse, what's wrong with him? And she said, well, he's dying. Heart failure, he's dying. And when nobody was looking, my friend sort of snuck in, shut the door because the Holy Spirit was speaking and he prayed for the Holy Spirit to meet this man. He went back to the hospital, I think it was a day or two days later, and the room was empty, and he said to the nurse, what happened to that man? And she said, haven't you heard? No. He made such an amazing recovery, he's now on the general ward and he's due to go home. And my friend happened to see the man and walked towards him, and the man said, I know you, you're the man who prayed for me, and when you prayed for me, there was like fire. Yeah, what have you got? I haven't got anything except the Holy Spirit. 
So in the, in the Acts of the Apostles, uh, the two disciples were going to a prayer meeting and uh, on the way they saw a man who was lame and he said, can I have some money? He was begging. And they said, we haven't got any money. All we've got is what Jesus has given us, the Holy Spirit. And they said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And the man got up and went dancing into the church with them. Come and see. And the third part is we need to be filled ourselves. We need to be fruitful. We need to take time and get before God and invite God to fill us, to clothe us, to cover us with his precious Holy Spirit. See, the word in scriptures to be baptised, the same as water baptism. In other words, to be totally immersed in the Holy Spirit. So if you drip, you drip Holy Spirit. If you move, you touch Holy Spirit. And that's the hard part, is to abandon ourselves and just say, Holy Spirit, you come because with you, I can bring Jesus. I can change lives. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people came to Jesus because of what they saw. They didn't come because of Peter's eloquent words. They were attracted by what they saw. And so often in the Bible it talks about preaching with signs and wonders to confirm the preaching of the word. And if I say to you, I can do something, you might say, well go on, then do it. Because that's the confirmation. And when we preach Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit, he will confirm preaching of his word. 3,000 people came because of what they saw and heard. When people see you and me, what do they see? Do they see me, short, fat, bald man? Or do they see Jesus? When people see you, what do they see? Do they see you wallowing in your circumstances? Or do they see you full of God? Do they know of you as a person of God? Because that's what God's looking for. Men and women who will say, even today on Pentecost Sunday, fill me Holy Spirit. Because I want to be a life changer. I want to live a supernatural life. There was a man once who was on television on a, a debate and there was an atheist pacifist and this man was eloquent and he was brilliant. His arguments were good and, and the Christian thought, well, I've got a clue here. And as he sat there, he said, God, you've got to do something. And the Holy Spirit gave him a little word. And he sat there and when the man had finished his, his speaking, his, 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 his arguments, the Christian said, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. He said, as a pacifist, what's in your cupboard by your front door? And the man said, shoes. And he said, yeah, but what's behind the shoes? And the man went a bit red and he said, a gun. And the Christian sat down. Because the Holy Spirit had won the argument. And the next day that atheist pacifist contacted the man and said, tell me about your God. Tell me about Jesus. Because nobody knows about that. It had to be God.
This morning, folks, we can't change lives unless we carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when he was baptised, the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit came on him and immediately began to do miracles and so on and so forth. This morning, we can pray, even where we are, Holy Spirit, would you come, clothe us, would you cover us, would you fill us? Because we want to be life changers. So let's pray. Father, there may be some watching who've never had the moment where they've come to Jesus. They've watched from afar, they've, 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 they've sat in meetings maybe, but they've never actually said, Jesus, I'm coming to you. Father, right now, if there's people watching that, that feel that way, would you just welcome them? In Jesus' name. And Father, would you keep pouring out your Holy Spirit on us for those who are tired, wounded, weak, battered. Holy Spirit, would you please just come and renew and refresh and empower and excite us that we can be life changers in our homes, in our workplace, wherever it may be. Holy Spirit, just so flow through us that we can make people's lives what they should have been. So, as a church of people, we just say, Holy Spirit, please keep coming. In Jesus' name.